the record, right? Podcast number two, episode two, uh, two of us here. I am Nick Wichman. I'm Trey Tatum. And we are in our studio preparing to make music. And this is off the record. Damn. We named it. We have a title and everything. If you listened last week, you heard us talk uh, nerd out about um, AR, augmented reality. We talked about... My new phone, which Trey spent too much time talking about. We talked a lot about Trey's new phone, which is okay. Um, And then uh, we also talked about um, e-cigarettes, jewels, website design. We're We're obsessed with user experience and life experience, so that makes sense that we would... Um, kind of dive into that type of conversation. We shared our uh, My Little Pony promo. My Little Ponies. Clips. Yeah. And I mentioned um, I mentioned on somewhere, oh, on our Facebook page, on our Ask You and Gray Facebook page that uh, this might be the first place that we will tease some of our new tracks that we're working on. <gasps> so if you're listening, and I hope you are, and you might be one of the first to hear some of those tracks without any other context. Maybe we'll describe the story, but um, an, a really unofficial release, which would be really fun for us because we've been sitting here working on it forever. Or maybe not working on it forever because we just we, talk all the we've time. We've been talking about it forever, <coughs> at least. Yeah. So that is fun, and that will be something that will come up. Um Trey, how was your week? Ugh. It was not the best. <laughs> no? No. Um, so I didn't get that job. That's okay. Because I think I the person that got it, I assume, I don't know who got it yet. The person that got it, um, he's he basically is he's the same. Does the same thing that I do. But he's been doing it for longer. And he works on that team, so... Hmm. I'd actually be upset if if I were him and they gave me the position, I'd be really upset. So I have like I kind of try to think about it from that perspective like he definitely deserves it. Got it. You be you're assuming who it is. Yeah. I yeah. I'm 95% sure that it's that person. Mm. <clears throat> so, what's his name, Brad? You don't have to say his name. I don't have to say his name. But He's dope, and he lives in Ireland, and he's a cool dude, and I talk to him occasionally. But he deserves it. It's good. I'm not mad, but it would have been nice. The main thing, though, is that I'm I'm on, like, I'm kind of on the radar, you know? Yeah. Like, interviewing with people and being, um, putting yourself out there is always a way to alert people that you are somebody that is valuable. So even though, like, I went through the whole process and didn't end up getting the position, like, I definitely feel like I made an impression and that they're looking at me now. Yeah. So that's always, like, so if, I mean, if you're going for a job and you, it's like an internal position that you work for the company, it never hurts to try for it. Because if anything, people will know who you are at the end of it. If you're, if like you, you're qualified, 
You know what I mean? If you have any qualifications. If you, like, I mean, yeah. th- that's, the, yeah. Like, if you get all the way through the process and you don't end up getting the job, like, the value of it is that people now know your name and they know what you have to offer. So there's no loss other than that you didn't get to do something that you wanted to do that was more than what you have. So there's no loss yeah. in trying. You know what I mean? It's just expressing to the higher ups that you are interested yeah. in, in moving up. And I haven't talked to them yet. Um, cause, uh, both the people who I interviewed with went on vacation, like right after that. Mm. <clears throat> so they're back in, they're back in the office now and I'm supposed to set up a meeting with them and, and like kind of do like a retrospective of it. See if they have any like feedback for me, um, things to work on, you know, or whatever. So I'm I'm excited to talk to them again and see like what they have to say about it. But we'll see. It's nice to if if you know who got it, it's nice to get feedback on what specific things mm-hmm. are like the difference. Yeah, and if you're not like if you're not applying for an internal job, a lot of times you just don't know. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, we didn't choose you, so yeah. see ya. See you. Nobody. Better luck next time. <laughs> yeah. And that's all you get, but that's what's awesome about applying for internal promotions is the people you, it's the people you work with that are doing the hiring. So it's like they're, if they make themselves available to be like, Hey, like we'd be happy to give you feedback about, you know, our decision or whatever. Like that's all just positive stuff that you can apply to your life and, and do better and like work on improving yourself. So I'm not mad about it. And I'm not like, I was kind of bummed the day that I found out, but I got over it pretty quick. Yeah. And hopefully next time I'll have some, um, something to, something to uh, an advantage Yeah. <laughs> for the next time, which I'm sure there'll be a next time, but there's always a next time. Did I tell you that I got assaulted by a homeless person again? Again. So outside the office? Yeah, same place. Different guy. Different guy. So I the last guy. Wait, let's back up. Okay, yeah. Let's go. Let's back let's go back a, a month or two. A month? It was yeah, I was maybe it was several weeks ago. It was at the beginning of August. And no. Eh, it doesn't it, matter. No. It was it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was going to work and Usually I just stand outside and smoke and like, I'm always there like a little bit early. So I just like look at my phone or whatever, walk around the building. There was this dude yelling. It was downtown Portland. Downtown Portland on third and Washington. Yeah. Right by the food carts. And there's this dude just yelling and I could hear him from around the corner. I didn't see him. And I went around the corner. He was right there yelling at me. Like saying, fuck you, fuck you. Like, blah, blah. Like, and then he got like up in my face. I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. What are you doing? Yeah. And then he like fronted at me and like got all up in my face. And then I was like, dude, I want to fucking call security out here and like get you to fucking leave or whatever. I turn around and he fucking hits me in the like in the back of the on the side of the head. <laughs> and then he's like yelling at me and he starts walking away. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Who are you? Okay. What is this? So that was, 
That was a few weeks that ago. That was, yeah, that was weeks ago. No, today. And on or, Friday. Oh, my God. I leave the office after work and I go to catch the bus. I was dumb because I was like, <laughs> this is a side note of how dumb I am. Um, I was going to catch a bus um, and I was like, oh shit, I'll just go. Cause there's a couple different buses I can usually take on the weekdays to get home. So I was like, oh, this one's coming earlier. I'm going to go to this bus. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that that bus doesn't run on Fridays. <laughs> and then I watched as the bus I was supposed to get on drove away. So I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'll take a lift. I don't care. So I went back to the office because I could, you know, just hang out until the lift gets there or whatever. And like outside the building, there's this dude who asked me, he's like, Hey man, you got any change or whatever? I was like, no, I don't, I don't carry cash, which is my response to anybody who asked me for change because I don't. Well, I who have, carries cash these days? I have credit cards and I don't have change. I have keys, chapstick. People don't like the keys. My phone. People it's hear like, my keys all the time. Right though? Like it's insane. I don't have any money. Yeah. I'm not going to give you my credit card. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> Anyways. I told him I don't have cash and he literally like pushed my face and then walked the other way. And I actually had some balls this time. And so I like turned around. I was like, fuck you, man. And I, I pushed him into the wall and he he, like turned around. He was, I, I figured he was a little drunk, just a little bit because he turned around real slowly and he's just like getting all like, I'm going to fuck you up or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to get my knife out. And he puts his backpack on the ground. I don't know what <laughs> the strategy was here. Because if you're going to get in a fight with somebody, you don't, you don't be like, I'm going to get my weapon. And you, and you put your-, your backpack on the ground and start unzipping it. Like looking down. It's like, dude, if I was going to fucking fight you, I'd just, I'd just kick you in the face yeah. before you get your knife out of the backpack. But it didn't matter because I was like right next to the front door. So I, I was like, I was like, fuck you, man. Get the fuck out of here. What, what is your problem? You're going to hit me in the face for no reason. And like, he was belligerent and stupid. So I, I opened the door and I was like, I was like, fuck you, man. I'm going to get security to come out here. And I opened the door and I was like, like signaling to the security guard. Who's usually at the front desk being like, come out here. Yeah. And he got up and started coming out here and the dude just kind of like walked off. And it's like, I can't catch a break, man. You know, I'm literally getting hit in the face all the time by homeless people. You have a very punchable face. <laughs> I'm, and I told, I told Mercy this. I think I need to grow my beard out again because nobody fucks with me when I have a beard. Yeah. And I don't like, I'm, I'm not saying like it makes me look manly or anything, but like literally people ignore me. Everybody ignores me when I have a beard. Yeah. But for some reason, when I don't have a beard, people, people fuck with me constantly that's so interesting i don't get it uh you know that reminds me of chicago a lot me and trey lived in chicago and his wife mercy for two years and uh while we were there um we dealt with a lot there's a lot of homeless people in chicago but they're very different than portland portland's homeless are they seem like they are uh like privileged or, or they act privileged. Like they are owed something. And, and like, I, it's not like we don't give to the homeless. Let me just back up a second. But in Chicago, 
The homeless there are really polite and welcoming and they open the door for you. They're not, they're not like upset when you don't have a dollar. Yeah. Or they like stand on the corner with a cup. Sure. Which is, and, and, but they, like, they also smile and they smile. And if you like, if you say like, Hey, I don't, I don't have anything. They're like, cool. God bless you. Yeah. God, God bless you. And it's like, it's the Midwest. So everybody's that's, that's God's great. blessing everyone out there. God, <laughs> but anyways, so in Portland, that's different. It's way different out there. Yeah. And it's weird because that's a big city with a lot of poverty, a, a lot, lot of poverty. Of poverty. Yeah. So it's like the fact that you come to a place like Portland where the homeless are like belligerent and violent is kind of surprising because this place is so chill and like people are a little bit more, they're not like high strung city people Yeah, here West coast. So I don't know what it is, man. It's like way different. Yeah. I, I just feel like in Chicago, the people that I know that the, I know that the homeless guy, he was number one, he was not homeless, but the guy that was on the corner by my work, Used to every single day he was there at like six or five thirty a.m. and he'd stay there until four p.m. about, and he made uh, he made some money because every day I'd see the the exact same people giving him cash, which is great for him. So it's a reasonable you know way to make money. Um, but he was always welcoming people, opening doors, saying good morning, having conversations like. Like a uh, normal human, not sticking his hand in somebody's face when they didn't have kidney change. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And it's like... It makes you really like... It makes you feel hopeless when people react that way. And I know that that like I fucking have money and he doesn't. So it sounds like a privileged thing to say, but it's like, man, if I could help you, I, I would like, you don't know me and I don't know you, but it's like when you're constantly like trying to fend off people who are trying to like harass you for Mm -hmm. you for your money because whatever like that just makes you less stoked about giving money to people because i I don't know man it's it's turning into a situation where it's like i kind of like i have my knife on me today and that sounds stupid but it's like man if i get into a situation where i can't defend myself that's a big problem right And it's happened twice so far where I have been unarmed and somebody's been trying to be aggressive at me. What am I going to do if somebody like really follows through and tries to like hurt me, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't fight people. I don't know how to fight. No. This dude dude was getting a knife out of his backpack, allegedly. Slowly. So it's like, what am I going to do if if there was no security and this dude now wanted to pull a knife on me? I feel like in my mind, I would want to de-escalate. De-escalation. Yeah, it was not smart of me to push him, but and, but 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 the push is is a an, it's a plateau. You've reached a level and it's there. You pull a knife out. I have to assume that the 
str- the street culture knows more about knife wielding than I do. <laughs> you know, I can rock a, an exacto knife you're like a pretty, mother. You're like, pretty good with that. I'm pretty good at an exacto knife. So if he wanted to get me to carve a beautiful something in him, I could. Yeah, you could make like a perfect circle. A perfect circle. But aside from that, I don't know what I'd be able to do. Yeah, what do you like? What do you do? Like, and, and I feel you... dumb now that I feel the feel. F- There's a lot of emotions. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I'm fucking privileged, and I like I shouldn't have to think about stabbing somebody because I'm threatened. And then what what are you defending? Are you defending your privilege? Do you know or are you yeah. defending yourself? Like that's kind of a yeah. uncomfortable so, like, situation. I feel like an asshole because I I'm now carrying my knife with me because I've had several encounters where it has not gone well. You well, you okay, let's let's take a pause. Trey also, you had somebody threaten you with a gun. Yeah. That too. <laughs> I was walking my dog, and I went in this what appeared to be grass a, park, a, a grassy area where you might have a dog, and it ended up being private property. I didn't see the sign, and then I left. And then later, a dude drove down the street and like pulled up next to me in this white pickup, a Romanian dude, and was like. Ask me what I was doing on his property. I was like, where's your property? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've been a lot yeah, of places. Yeah. You walked all over. I was like, I don't know what your what that means, like, your property. He's just like, what are you doing on my property? I was just like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just, like, walking my dog. Like, I don't know where your property is. I don't know where yeah. I was. But, like, and he's like, I like, I have a gun. He just said that out of nowhere. He's like, I have a gun. I was just like. Are you threatening me with a gun? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, why were you on my property? And I was just like, it's like, I don't have to answer your questions, man. If, if you're worried about it, call the police. He's yeah. like, I don't need the police. Tell, tell them you have a gun and see what they say. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need the police. I have a gun. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. See, Pete, I and this was, this was after I got punched by the first dude. So th- yeah. three things in the past month. <laughs> Where somebody's threatening my life. You know, it's interesting. The whole, the guy with the gun, what I appreciate about us is that we are nerdy, nerdier than, than thou. (laughs) Anybody who comes up to us, it's like, we can assure you that we are nerdier and more uh, resourceful than you. And so Trey, he came a couple, several weeks ago and told me about this. And I was like, we, where, where was this? Let's find out who this dude is. And of course, Trey had already found out who the dude was. He looked them up. He found him. And he, he, you didn't even find his him. name. I, I yeah, have but, a picture but, of him. But he didn't even find his name until he found the website, which had a photo. I told somebody else this recently. Oh, my God. And he, he opened the, the metadata in the image to find the name of the guy, which is so funny because that's like deep, creepy searching, but yeah, it's defensive, creepy searching. It was, yeah. So I know who he is and what he looks like and what his name is and where he lives. That's it. (laughs) So if he shoots me, Nick, you know (laughs) what to tell the police. You should send me a link to that. You know who shot me. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know now because now it's like if I get hurt, it could be anybody. Because well, if you're downtown, three people so far. If you're downtown, it's a wild card. <laughs> but if you're out by your place, it's probably at least not. when I'm downtown though, I'm always outside of my building. So if I get stabbed or shot, I, I'll at least have people that will see me nearby. Nearby, like the security guard will see you, yeah. or I could go inside and like whatever. I could run inside before they stab me. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I think that's the goal. The point is, why? Why me? Like, why <laughs> do people want to fight me? Yeah, okay, let's go back in time. When we were playing a show once in Denver, when we lived in Fort Collins, we played this show with a band formerly known, band formerly known as Prince. Remember? I do remember. These young dudes who played a backtrack and then didn't really plug in any of their instruments and just sang along with it, which was which in hindsight... It's not bad. You know, we, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It, it, their it was a lot of was fun. fun uh, but they we, were great performers. We le- I, what was that place called? Something cafe, whatever. Uh, we left that place and we were walking to go to a bar and some dude, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Came and put his arm around me and I was like, I'm like some drunk dude. I'm like, whoa, some drunk guy, whatever. I'm like, what's up, dude? And then in his left hand, he had a switchblade just <laughs> hanging open. And I'm like, I'm like uh. <laughs> I do remember this. Ian was there. Yeah, Ian was there. Oh, my God. That's so funny, dude. I'm like, this is, I'm like, dude, what are you going to What are you doing with that knife? Why are you going to, like, this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I think that's literally what I said. Maybe we're just, we are a typical stab victim profile. Well, well all I want in life is for strangers to leave me alone. And they're not. They're not leaving me alone. Yeah. That's if I'm in public and I don't know you, I don't want you to talk to me and I don't want to interact with you. I sh- well, I, I don't mind people talking to me. I just sure as hell don't want you to stab me. Yes. Or, or threaten to stab me. No, but even if people are friendly, like, it makes me feel really uncomfortable to have to, like, now I'm in this conversation. Sure. And I have to like think of things to say to you and I don't know you. Yeah. It's awkward and I don't like it. Like it's fine. I can deal with it. Whatever. But don't stab me for one. And for two, it's like, why why do you have to talk to me? Yeah. Like what does what this reason? do for you? Why what out of all the people I'll in never this town. see you again. Yeah. <laughs> What does this give you? Like, what value is is this giving you to to tell me about your life story? That's interesting. I don't know. That makes me seem really cold and kind of an asshole, but I just, I have anxiety issues. Sure. In public. I don't like talking to strangers. And now I really don't fucking like talking to strangers. So that's one thing that happened this week. (laughs) What else happened? I also have a uh, dead tooth that I have to get pulled next Thursday. Oh, my God. Which one? This one up here. So I got a root canal when I was, like, 18. It was not the best job. And so it got infected maybe 2000. It was <laughs> 2010-ish when yeah. I moved here. Yeah. It was, it was in fact, I remember going to the doctor, going to the dentist, and they're, they're like, Basically explaining to me, like, yeah, these two teeth that you have root canals on now have infections. Because of the, apparently they can see that in the x-ray or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not the best at scheduling appointments. 
So it's been eight years. <laughs> I did go and get my, my, okay. So like one of them, the one that I have to now get it pulled out is <clears throat> they drilled into the crown, a hole in the crown and like basically like scraped it out to like deal with the infection. That's what they do is they like scrape out all the shit and let it like sort of dry out, dry out or whatever. And then they plug it back up, but they don't replace the crown. I was supposed to get that done. That's like, I was poor. So it's like, that's expensive to get a crown. My mm-hmm. insurance wasn't great at the time. So I just left it for too long. <laughs> yeah. So like last, maybe like last spring, maybe a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, the crown popped off because there was a hole in it. And it wasn't really well set on my tooth. Popped off. So now I just have a husk of a tooth with a huge hole in it. Uh, is it sensitive? It hasn't been. And now we know why. <laughs> it hasn't been. But funny enough, it is now. Really? Because of years later, I haven't done anything with it. So now it's like, oh man. It got super swollen on Saturday. Today's Tuesday, by the way. Yeah. So on Saturday, it got super swollen. And on Sunday, it hurt so bad. Like throbbing pain all night. And like I finally like went to sleep. And like when I woke up, it was like fine. And it's fine now. But I'm just like, fuck, man. This sh- I need to get this out. And so I went to the dentist this morning. God damn it. so like I went into the dentist and I like filled out the paperwork and, and stuff and I was just like you guys take my insurance right guardian you take guardian and they're like yeah totally go through the whole thing they examine the tooth they're like cool we're gonna do this this and this we need you to sign this all the stuff and then at the end they're just like so you're out of network or we're we're out of network so it's gonna be this much I'm just like I asked at the beginning <sighs> if you took my insurance and you said yes and they're like well your insurance covers out of network i'm like that's not the point the point is that it's more expensive when it's out of network yeah and you told me that you would that it was covered or like that you work with guardian to do so it's like well fuck now i just need to get this tooth out i'm gonna fucking do it but you should have told me in the beginning that you that it's an out of network expense. Totally. Instead of telling me that you got where did you go? Columbia uh, oral surgery. Columbia oral surgery. Now Shame. everybody knows. Shame. 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 If I had a bell, I'd ring it. I don't mind. I don't mind because it's not it's not going to be that expensive, and I have flexible spending accounts, so it's going to be fine. Like I can afford it. But. It would be less expensive if it was co- if it was in network. And the cost, the, let's just be clear: the price is not the issue. It's the fucking that that is a they pull well, the fast one. They, they know the exactly one. why you're asking, and they they it's like oh yeah deliberately yeah, yeah. decided to tell you one thing that was half true. Well, they didn't know yet, probably, and well, then they called them and they're like, "Well, they're not going to cover it. You're out of network." And it's like, why did you, I asked, I asked specifically for the purpose of deciding whether or not to go through this with you. Shame. Otherwise I'll go somewhere else. What's more 
fucked up is that my dentist that recommended me to this place is in network <laughs> and they recommended me to an out of network specialist. That's irritating. Dad, like I don't have any control over that. Like who else? I, I'm going to go online and find some oral surgery specialist that takes my insurance. That's a pain in the ass. It's like, why, why can't, people recommend you to somebody that's in your network when they know your net, like they know your network. Totally. You literally come in, you fill out the forms, you write down all your shit, give them your, your insurance, like member ID number, all that shit. They know that stuff. Why would they recommend an out of network provider? Yeah. It's very fresh. Ludicrous. So anyways, it's next ludicrous. Thursday, I'm going to get a, t- a tooth yanked out and they're going to give me a ton of drugs and I spend the weekend um, with gauze in my mouth. Yeah, Shrugged up. So that'll be fun. I will say that my when I had my wisdom teeth out, you were around. Mm-hmm. You were around, generally. Um, I've always been around. And that was the... That was the one of the lowest points of my life. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I swear, I like... I literally was was borderline suicidal. My dad, why are you laughing? It's fucked up. It was the freaking worst. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> uh, when was that? That was 2012, maybe. Yeah. 13. That was a rough, that was a rough area. Because my, my teeth had, all my molars had, one of them had five roots. Like five little fingers at the bottom that were just sticking all over. Yeah. Not good. Did and it take it, like hours? It took the first time I went in. I'm like, cool. Going in, it'll be two or three hours. And now I'm all gone. They spent three hours on one tooth. Oh, my God. And they're like, It's like cool. getting a tattoo. I know. It's exactly <laughs> like getting a tattoo. It'll take about three hours. And then they get like nothing done. And I'm like, okay. Like, there's like, some good lines in here. Yeah, you're going to have to. Co- we need to color it in for like three more sessions. Yeah. It's going to take 24 more hours. They're like, well, <laughs> shit. Um, I already paid for the lines. I might as well. <laughs> yeah. Might as well get them filled in. So, and then I went like, and, and they're like, cool. The first tooth's out. It was a doozy. And I'm like, yeah, I like I was drugged. I wasn't under. I was here for the yeah. Doozy. I'm like, I, I was. It was the most. It was painful, an ordeal. It was the most painful thing. And then they're like, cool. Well, it's like seven o'clock, so we have to close the office. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so they kicked me out. They literally kicked me out after one tooth. So I went home like, like all be you good. Yeah, you good? Are you awake? Okay, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I tried to leave after one tooth. <laughs> It was so messed up. <laughs> oh my god, dude! That was downtown dental in here in Portland, which the people there are really great, and I am aware that the issue was probably with my badass, deeply rooted teeth, not them. But it was fucking miserable. It's never good to get tooth teeth bones. Toothes, tooths, tooths. It's never good to get tooths taken out. No. You need those. You do need those. I think that the whole... What do you think about the whole wisdom tooth thing? Do you need to get wisdom teeth out? I feel like if they come in and just jam you up, you yeah, got the more do. teeth for the Mercy's, bite. Mercy still has her wisdom teeth, and she complains monthly 
about how terrible her mouth hurts. Interesting. So, and she's, I mean, we've been, we should get those out. (laughs) Interesting. But it's like, the thing with teeth is it's, it's always like periodic distress. Like it hurts for a bit and you're just like, and then it goes away and you're like, okay, I'm good. So you forget about it and you're like, ah, fuck. Next time it hurts, you're like, ah, damn it. I need to get this done. And if you're like me or Mercy, you just put that stuff off because it's not like, I mean, realistically, it is urgent to get that taken care of. But if it's only bothers you for a couple days... Yeah. And then it goes away, you're like, uh. and then you look at your bank account, you're like, uh. yeah, I should get this done, but I have to pay bills. Totally. <laughs> so it, you, it just slips by. Uh, so that, I mean, that's the reason why I haven't ever gotten this tooth taken care of before is because number one, like I lack the motivation to deal with my problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest issue. The other issue is like, it's always a problem during a time where I don't have the funds to pay for it. And I'm lucky enough now, like I wouldn't be able to pay for this procedure to happen right now if I didn't set up a flexible spending account. Sure. Because it's just money sitting there and it's like, I have to use it and it's there. And it's like, yes, it comes, it does come out of my paycheck over time, but those funds are readily available for me to use for things like this for things like this and i have never done that before so it's like having a flexible spending account gives you the mobility Mm -hmm. to deal with medical issues when you when you're like living paycheck to paycheck yeah i didn't i mentioned this to you i don't i didn't know that you i like i should have realized this but like if you're gonna pay a thousand or two thousand in the year to that, to the flexible spending account. Then if you have an emergency or need something in January before you've paid all that, you can use it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know. It's a lump sum. And I didn't know that either. I was just like, Oh, you have to accrue totally funds in this account over time. And it's like on January 1st, you have all the money for the year that that you're going to be. You've said to your, your payroll people or whatever that you are, you want to put in there. Mm. You have all the funds up front and then over time it comes out of your check. I didn't know that before. That's fascinating. I feel like there's somebody has failed us as when we were young learning about finance. I don't think we really have an excuse because every company makes sure to like give you all the documentation and all (sighs) of like the explanations those are those meetings that you I've that been, you th- we've that been you are trained. Like, this is so boring. I don't even know what's happening. We've been trained to not read the terms and conditions. Okay. Anybody yeah, who Facebook. has anybody who grew up with a computer has learned that you don't read the terms Just and conditions. Click, I accept and move on. And now you have free software. I've watched people. I don't know if my parents have done this, but I've watched people that are older than us sit down in front of a computer like when you're installing Adobe CC or something <laughs> and, read. and it pops up that you agree it and to it and they start scrolling and I'm like what are you I'm like it's going to take you like 
two months to read that. Oh, I, I scroll. You know why I scroll? Well, because usually you have to scroll the bottom for it to accept. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly why you scroll. Exactly. You scroll the bottom to make the computer think that you read it, and then you can proceed to the next steps. And then you can not read it. And then you can not read it. What are you looking for? I'm looking for my little jewel. Oh, shit. Well, it's... Number one, um, I already went through the jewel pods. They're already gone. <laughs> the jewel pods lasted about oh a, a day apiece. Maybe. You, really, you have nothing left. I, no. But you can refill them. You can refill them, but isn't it different? It is different. I, the best part of this, the best part, back to the e-cigarettes from last week, the best part of this is I just, you can plug this in and then just go boop, and then it's like charges. Like a magnet, too. Yeah. Magnetized charging things are the dopest. Thanks, Apple. Well, not anymore. Not they anymore. don't do that anymore. Oh yeah, but they they probably patented it, right? No, they didn't patent it. They must have come up with it though, because that was I've never seen a computer that has that before. MagSafe, yeah, they it was dope. Then they abandoned it. <laughs> so we talked about teeth. Uh, this week for me was crazy. <coughs> Everything's crazy all the time. I work way too much. Um, my one of the companies I. That is a client of mine, uh, my company Factura, uh, Groon Chocolate, a cannabis and CBD chocolate. They recently got acquired by a big um, Canadian company, which is dope because if you own a company, getting acquired is often the big dream. Today, I got to meet with uh, one of the marketing people from that big company. Uh, and He was super rad. And we, and it's, they didn't get fully acquired. They got partially acquired, like kind of partnership acquisition or something. Um, but now we get to, we get to work to keep making stuff. Like it's, it's kind of a cool, cool setup. So I've been working a little bit on that, but mostly on another project, which is a lot more tedious. I've just been working so much. That's all I do. That is, that's pretty much all you do. Went to uh, the Skidmore Bluffs with Naomi a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. where we took our photos yeah, yeah, with yeah. Aaron Lee. Aaron Lee is a photographer in Portland who's really dope and uh, a friend of ours. We took photos there literally seven years ago or six years ago. Um, it, it, yeah, We went out there and watched the sunset. It was really dope. And aside from that, just work, work, work. Got to go to, I, I went to uh, another friend and client of ours, um, runs or has a dis, uh, distillery is what it would be called maybe because they they actually create distillate for from cannabis. Yeah, I guess I'd be a distillery. It's still a distillery or it's a, it's a processor, processing, yeah. process, whatever. Um, and he walked me through every process of how they do it. Wow. And, and the different ways that they can do it, which is really cool. Getting to see, it's like a science lab. It's like true chemistry. Like they're literally, it, it's, it's kind of insane. And they know that what's cool about modern cannabis processing like that is that they know the actual chemical breakdown of what each process does and what molecules are being removed when they do those processes. It's kind of, I wonder if uh, I wonder if he'd let you do like a like little mini documentary. Maybe like, I mean I shot a whole video. Like, I vi- literally 
captured the entire process. Oh. Um, but because we're helping, we're going to rebuild or, or build a new website for them and mm-hmm. for him. And, uh, and it's pretty dope. The, the hard part about it is that the, the product, the finished product is what looks the coolest. Mm-hmm. And the, the place just looks like a, like a lab. It's nice to know people who are the, smart. Yeah, like smart. Well, it seems like they take it seriously. It's not just like a fucking, like, it's not a garage like project. Like project, yeah. Project. This is it's like, like for they, real. They're chemists, totally, that are producing a product, and that's really kind of cool. They put a bunch of oil in these these <laughs> big old tin uh, kegs. These are literally kegs, and it's called winterization. Yeah, and they f- put them in this fridge that's freezing, for, like really freaking cold. And then it separates the oil from like this waxy gum, mm-hmm. and and that's part of it, like mm. degumming, which is nobody does this. No, and they test each part of this to see what is actually being separated, and nobody else is doing this, which is kind of cool. <laughs> that's really cool. I, I so I, I'm not I'm not trying to talk about cannabis well, industry stuff all the time. But. It's good for them though, like. That's that's the thing is like, I, I feel like that's what the cannabis industry needs is people who take it seriously. Because totally. it is a serious thing now. Like, it's a product that's legal here in Oregon. In Canada. And it's like you want well, you yeah. want people that are producing a product with the same care as like a fucking microbrewery. Or, 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 or your, your canola oil. Yeah. When you get oil from the store, it is super refined. Somebody is a chemist that knows the, that process. Mm-hmm. We never think about that. Yeah. I need some, I need some uh, extra virgin olive oil. I need some canola oil. I need some grapeseed oil, whatever. It's like, I don't know the process. Yeah. Quite. Or even it. liquor, man. Like yeah. whiskey. There's a whole process behind whiskey. I mean, we both know the brewers mm-hmm. who have a distillery and we've both been in their distillery and seen the process behind it. And it's a big deal like to make a product like that. And this is similar where it it's is. like, it goes through s- several different processes to produce a quality product. And I feel like that's what sort of legitimizes cannabis products now. It's like people who take it seriously and want to produce a good product instead of, you know, I don't know. Well, it's the difference between a homebrew kit, which I used to have. We both, we both had. Yeah. Right. Which is easy. Like it's, yeah. you just do it the kind of the right way and you'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, just it's don't so sell hard. it because you could make somebody sick. No, yeah. But it's like totally fine. And then it's a difference between that, that I equate to growing a, pl- a cannabis plant in your basement. Yeah. Under some lights. For sure. Or whatever. Or in your backyard. Which is fine. Which is like, yeah. If there's a whole industry of products that there's there's somebody out there doing the for medicine, you want products that are handled with professional care. Well, and treated the the way that's, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want your ditch weed from your backyard. I think that'd be fun to grow that. I've never grown weed. But, well, I, but I think there's something really special about seeing the whole 
still. Yeah. The process of that and seeing like, and some, and somebody who's takes it seriously enough that they try to refine even that pharmaceutical level. Like, yeah, yeah. that's uh, uh, yeah. And, and the problem though, is I bet you the pharmaceutical, I mean, the pharmaceutical industry is already all over THC and CBD. And so they're already doing stuff, but the, this grade of like distilling the oil is is like at a very it's super refined yeah so it's at a really high level i don't know how refined can't uh, pharmaceutical levels are. that's so interesting because the thing is is like it's been it's only been legal for a little bit but you already have companies like this that are really working hard to make it super efficient at creating like a really good product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think and, that the key is that they have to stand out. They yeah. have to do something special. Otherwise there is nothing special. Yeah. And the whole, and Oregon in particular is flooded with cannabis brands. And so the people who are doing anything special or are branded really well are the ones standing out. For sure. I just, what I wanted to say is that I think it's interesting to see an industry in the early stages, mm. like it's only been legal for a couple of years and seeing how it goes from local shit to like, like scaled productions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is, it's interesting to see cause you don't, you don't see that kind of thing unless it's a new product on the market, like a new type of product. That's true. And there's not a lot of new products. Like the only thing I can think of right now, it's like electric cars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's a new type of, like it's a car, which is not a new product, but the electric car is a new type of product. And so like what Tesla's doing and what other companies are doing as far as like electric cars goes, it's really interesting to watch the way that they produce things to bring to market because it's new and because mm -hmm. it's an interesting product that is, is not established as like, Oh, this is just, I don't know. It's not normalized yet. Yes. We're not bored. Like, like those clips from the early 1900s on the model T in production, the production line. Yeah. That everyone has seen those. So nobody cares. Yeah. Or even like computers. Like we all know what a computer is. We all know what a laptop is. Yeah. There was a time where tablets were were a new thing, but now that's become normal. Like I feel like this, like there's certain things happening right now that are like budding industries where we get to see the innovation happening in real time, and that's really interesting. Yeah, like this, you're seeing innovation happening right now on a new product because it's new, not because. There's somebody who has new ideas of an old product. It's like a new product. And so they're trying to work out how to do it the best way. And what's cool is hearing them talking about, because they want, they want a food grade. Everything needs to be, everything needs to be food grade because like a lot of this process takes solvents and things like that, that, that are, that, you know, you want to, when you're a customer you don't think about this stuff but yeah. it's like you don't want it to be some toxic crap yeah but beyond there there's 
their solvents or whatever, they have like these filtration systems that are more advanced and, and filter faster than I think anyone else in the industry. And it's because they are using technology from outside of this industry. That's what's fascinating to me. Fuck, dude. Okay. That, that reminds me of something that Neil deGrasse Tyson said um, on a podcast recently about how, like, he, he was explaining how NASA and, like, basically, like, any aerospace technologies have, it's, it's like, ingrained in, like, military shit. And he, he describes it as, like, a two-way street. It's, like... You have um, military needs that are not consumer needs. They're military needs that produce innovations that help the military. But then the consumer, or not the consumer, but like non-military can... um... Here's an example. Okay. (laughs) Just to, just to better explain what I'm trying to say. Like he, he talks about how during like, um, I think like the, the Gulf war or something like that, like we had satellites with telescopes that we could use to look at earth Mm -hmm. to like do like, um, reconnaissance shit and like mapping and all this GPS shit, like map shit for, for war. They use the same technology to build the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah, that's crazy. Point it the other way totally. out to space. They literally use the same technology that was developed under military conditions to then do it for science. They just pointed it the other direction, and they already had sa- they already had the satellite technology. Everything was there. They just had to launch one that was pointing the other way. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's like. There's this weird thing where innovation that happens, it, it anywhere that it happens, it it propagates into all these other different things, and it progresses humans further into technology. So the fact that these dudes are refining their process for distilling cannabis or extract or, yeah. or whatever, that same technology could be used for whatever like it could be you who knows yeah somebody knows but somebody's figuring it out and then when a need comes up for like oh we need a distillation process for this other whatever they have already figured it out because they've innovated their own product Mm -hmm. to be something so it's like anybody that's innovating and refining whatever process they are for what they're doing is useful to humanity, not just that industry. Because whatever they're like, and I'm sure that they've borrowed from distilleries for like alcohol, like all that stuff. Like who thought to distill cannabis oil? Yeah. Probably somebody that knows a little bit about distilling alcohol, you know? Sure. Like it's, it's a whole situation where like any innovation that happens in any aspect of human progress can be propagated to other, other areas to further that whatever technology we come up with in the future. 
Yeah, and that what I think that that's a perfect uh, segue into something else that is um, open source. Oh. It's open source concept, and it's open source is like uh, that term carries a little bit of like development weight, yeah. um, but it doesn't really resonate with a lot of people. But Elon Musk made the Tesla development an open source yeah, project. En- the engine design or something like that. Yeah, is open or source. Or maybe it was the battery design. Yeah, and it was a uh, it was a huge a huge deal. He put on the wall. He put the Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, quote on the wall. All of our. All, what did they say? All of our somethings are belong to you. <laughs> I forget what they wrote on the wall though. Yeah. But um, but I think that that humanity doesn't humanity and individuals don't succeed until they give their little bits of success to everyone. So we all succeed. Yes. And like, as all of us, if you stay in a bedroom or a, a studio or an office and you work yourself to death, trying to find something, trying to learn something, make something new, it's never going to be the, the final product. It has to, you, your dedication to that uh exploring something new is just a stepping stone in the bigger picture yeah and somebody will take your idea that was that you literally probably killed yourself trying to figure out and they will put it into something else and it will click and that's when humanity grows and expands and so uh we have talked we have talked about Taking the taking what we have in music, which is not going to revolutionize space travel or or electric cars, but and and packaging a lot of our stuff up to give to other creators, like our uh, presets and our samples that we've made and our um, templates. You know, like giving that away, and I and. I'm in the process for myself of putting together that type of, of design elements that I work with. And it's like, these are, this is what I use every day. I should give it to other people because those are the people that are going to change the world. And if you don't, if you're not giving freely, you're not going to be a part of that. And you don't even need the credit. Here's the thing. If you sit around and you're designing or you're writing music and you're holding it to yourself thinking that if you let somebody else have it, they're going to take your thunder, then you are a fucking idiot. Because number one, you probably have no clout to begin with. Nobody gives a fuck. But that kid, that 13-year-old who's sitting in his parents' basement who's trying to learn how to use Fruity Loops, you know, which we used... When we were 13. Literally 20 (laughs) years ago. It's like, that's the kid you're going to change their lives. Like, you need to invest in our people for 20 years from now. Because that kid could be the next innovator that will change the world. And it's it's something that I think we're, we're we're all missing is that you don't you don't own your ideas. You don't. Everything that you think of and everything that you're in, like is is influenced by something. Yeah. You're influenced by somebody. So whatever you come up with that you think is original, it belongs to so many other people than you. You don't own them. 
And that's what, that's the beauty of, of human connection is that you have so much information that people have already figured out, people have already done, people have already put out into the world that you were absorbing and then you create something, you have no right to say, this is my original idea and and it it belongs to me and nobody else should benefit from this. Or, and I'm not telling you how I did it. Yeah, That's exactly. so juvenile. Yeah, and so it's the, the beauty of open source is that everyone is collaborating on a specific thing and there's there's people who innovate on it and make it better and everybody just accepts it and it's like this is better let's go with this now and and it becomes this community of people trying to make something better and better and better but it's it's not this this egotistical thing of like no this is my idea you can't change it to make it better because i came up with it and i think that that's like one of the biggest drawbacks of the society the society we live in is that people want to own their own, like all the shit that they do. Well, we're capitalists. Exactly. And that, that's fi- it's fine to get paid for what you're doing. That's sure. fine. But to assume that you are the sole creator of whatever idea you have is really arrogant and wrong because everything you know, everything you've been taught, every, everything is influenced by the world around you mm-hmm. and the people around you and the people you look up to. There's no, yeah. there's no such thing as an original idea. Well, and, and think about it this way, like in music, we've done a lot of work to make our shows that we've played really dynamic. And so we programmed, we, we, and we did a tutorial on this on YouTube a long time ago. But it's like we programmed a light show that was tied in with internal MIDI syncing to our Ableton show. Um, and so we could play MIDI notes. We could we could program MIDI notes to play our light show for each song. So it was pre-programmed. And we shared out how to do that. And we gave out a file. It's still on our YouTube channel. But, uh, you know... W- I did a lot of research and trying to figure that out before then. And it, we did, we did share all that, but if we hadn't, it would, and if we figured it out and we held on to it because we learned it by looking at all these other tutorials on the shit, it's like, we aren't crediting those other people who gave us bits of the information. It's like, so why, why are we, you know, why aren't we giving it away? But I think that the the problem, the reason people don't, share the knowledge is because they're afraid they're either afraid that their their ideas are going to get stolen which is probably not that likely or or common um or they're afraid that that people are going to find out that the way they did it is not actually complicated it didn't take that much thought or they they just stole a bunch of other people's ideas to make it totally exactly but it's like all of the stuff that we do Literally everything in my whole fucking life, design, develop, development, music production, um, strat, creative strategy and concepting, it's all not that hard. You just have to practice and learn what works. And, and that is all it takes. And if you can 
help someone skip all those steps to be like, listen, you're going to start somewhere dumb. Don't do that. Start, start 15 steps ahead by me telling you where to, what's working and you go from there. Yeah. It's like, that's, that is as much philanthropy as you yeah. can ever. And that person imagine. is 15 steps better than you when they get to your totally your experience level where it's like now they they skip so much bullshit trying to figure it out because somebody allowed them to know the secrets or whatever like like here's what you should worry about and and hopefully that by the time they get there they will feel like they owe it to the world to share where they're at yeah and like Fuck, man. In in web development, I guarantee you there's no developer out there that has not looked on freaking Stack Overflow to answer some dumb problem that they're trying to figure out. They're like, I don't know how to integrate this thing. They Google it, and they're just like, oh, shit, there's this. Yeah. And it's just a little piece of information. It might not be exactly what they want, but it at least gives them a framework to to put their mind inside to where they can be like, oh, I can solve it this way. Or they literally just copy and paste the shit and change the IDs and variables and then you're good. Which I, I we know all do. that that's we all do. mostly the case. Is like you literally just copy and paste people's code and make it work for your thing. But that's, that's, because, how, because, that's how it is because yeah. everything is so accessible now and everybody's putting stuff out there to help. Yeah. And if, 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 if you're a creator and you're not sharing your experience with other creators, you should. You totally should because it makes a better product later. You know? Yeah. Like your shit is dope. But if you put your knowledge out there and some other kid out there who is getting into whatever you're doing picks it up and is 15 steps ahead, whatever they make in 10 years is going to be so much doper. Totally. Like it's so much better. Yeah. And then we all get to benefit from whatever that is. Yeah. So it take what you know, put it out there, help the people who are doing what you are doing, but are not as experienced as you. And you create a better future for everybody, totally. no matter what. Yeah. That turned into something that I didn't think it would turn into. Yeah, it got kind of, de- we developed the whole thing right there. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's shift gears. Share your knowledge. Don't be a stingy Make, make money, but don't don't think you own what you thought of because nobody owns anything. Well, yeah, and don't, yeah, you're not as freaking cool as you think you are. You suck. You suck. We suck. We all we suck. All, we all suck. Let's but we make, can all let's just make work the next you. generation not suck as bad. There you go. Okay, so we're gonna before we close out our time here, um, we. We appreciate you listening, and uh, I know we go off on tangents, but this is just how we are. We Before we write these tracks, before we write our music, we get into these types of conversations, and it's, this is, we talked about it last week, that this is really what shapes us, is these conversations of, like, 
going in depth into the meaning of life, the your impact on humanity, and think like the the topics are really kind of insanely huge, and our music is um, it reflects that. It reflects that amount of thought. Uh, uh, we're going to play one of our new tracks. Our whole band, our whole music production plan is is in transition. And we have been this band, Askew and Gray, for the past 11 years. And we are now um, we are now shifting a little bit, pivoting our style, our focus, and our storytelling. Um, you, you're, you'll hear it first here on the podcast because we haven't really announced this very much yet. Uh, so we're going to play a track and uh, we'll talk about it for a minute. Um, give you some context. We'll we'll play. Do you want to play Adam? Adam's not the, one of the ones that reflects our deep thought about things as much. Let's but uh, let's do a different one then. But we we could. I'm. I, I, you set that up so nicely, I though. Know, I know. Right? I'm not saying I'm like. Well, <laughs> that was that's one of the tracks on the album that is a little. It sp- does have it does have meaning, but it's not connected to the bigger story. But we don't have to talk about the bigger story. I think we should do Adam. Okay. We don't. We don't need to get deep into it because yeah. I'd like to have a longer conversation in another podcast where we go through a couple, yeah. and it's part of the story. So we're gonna play uh, one of our new tracks that has not ever been heard. You are the first to hear it right here. This is currently called Adam. We'll change that. Yeah. Uh, our na- our naming scheme is rough. Yeah, but this is uh, Raw Dog, so we're going to play it.
left in our memories We'll let it drag like we're running on empty A bit of slack for the reverie But I'll take it back if you think we could ever be If you think we could ever be I think we're close enough First time we've ever played that for anyone, pretty much. <laughs> and you get to hear it. Lucky duck. Um, yeah, that track is fun. I think it's a fun track. I like that track a lot. <laughs> it's got a lot of like kind of uh, tr- trappy drums and um, choppy vocals and that's that one's a little bit more aggressive than some of the other stuff on the album, which I like. It's it's got like kind of an attitude to it. Yeah, which we've been working on. A lot of our new album is about um, is focused around the concept of self reflecting, looking back at yourself and and seeing who you really are. Um, our previous albums have been about uh, escaping your issues. And you can find us on Spotify, Ask You and Gray. And this is all kind of new. But uh, those old albums are, are about trying to find a solution that is by leaving. <laughs> which is... Which it's, is it's, es- it's escapism. It's, escape, it's, yeah. it's like you you ignore and run away from your problems or work really hard to fix a problem that you can't fix without recon- reconciliation. Sure. Or or kind of even admitting that you might be part of the problem. Or that you are the problem. Exactly. And and this is a this new this song in particular is is kind of about uh it's not quite in the same spectrum as uh self-reflectance, but acknowledging when you don't need to be close to somebody, I think is, is a positive change to your psyche when you are in a a bad spot. And this song is kind of about, uh, you know, about acknowledging uh, the past that you had with somebody and being all right with never being close to them again. <laughs> that sounds bleak. When wait, you say wait, it, but but the, the rest of the album is not quite that bleak, and it is all uh, it is bleak. The album, our albums are bleak in in bleak. in theme, um, but this one is uh, this one has a an upswing. Yeah, there's kind of an empowering aspect to that though is like when you realize that you are 
in a toxic situation, sometimes it's empowering to realize that you don't have to stay there. Well, and I think that most of us are idiots and we, we can't, you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, it's like, like you can't literally can't tell what's toxic until you step back. And in our relationship, me and Trey is that, uh, this type of scenario happened so much, so heavily to the point that I, I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. And like only through like really, it was a huge struggle and um, <laughs> it was not pretty, but, but like you, you don't, when you are love struck or like drunk and literally drunk in love, you are happy to dismiss any sense of kind of rotten relationship. Yeah. Or opposition. Or Yeah. And, and. This is the this is the looking back on that scenario and and at least giving it credit for being what it was in a in a relationship sense but also defining and declaring that that we are we are close enough as it is. We don't need to be any closer and if you ever try to get closer to me than this, I'll cut you the fuck out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's about like drawing lines and being like, that was fucked. I do see what that was, but it will never happen again. Um, to clarify, this isn't your relationship with me. No, not my relationship with Trey, but, but, but the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, there was a blast radius that Trey, that you were part of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not heavy or anything. Um, <laughs> not heavy at all. But that was just, one of our other you know, just fun, fun, fun ideas, fun music. Yeah, and so that's one of our new tracks that's going to be coming out short as soon as we can get off this podcast and finish editing. But yeah, so that's that's it. Um, I'm Nick. I'm Trey. And we are, uh, we're, this is off the record. And thank you for listening. And if you found any of this interesting or you were inspired by anything, or if you have any questions or want to be on the podcast with us, hit us up. Um, we're on Instagram. Check out the description of the podcast where our, our links are there. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. And we'll uh, be back next week. Uh, love you. Like you. Um, Bye. Bye. This is off the record, right?